Welcome to episode 3 of the Raptors Reasonableist Podcast here at the Athletic Toronto, brought to you in conjunction with Homestand Sports. I'm your host, Blake Murphy, as always, and for the third time in a row, and hopefully this will be a permanent thing because he's so wonderful. I am joined by Eric Kareen of the Athletic. Eric, what's going on, buddy? Uh, some stuff, some things, you know, usual uh, mishmash of collection may might be is definitely a better word of things that keep our brains occupied that's what's going it is a good monday morning for being terribly anxious so it's it's good that the two of us are doing this podcast because if anyone can handle being very anxious all the time it's probably us uh there's enough experience i'd say we've got that we've got that playoff experience in terms of uh monday morning anxiety yeah, and the battle tested. Yeah, exa- exactly. We've been through this before, you know. That's why the Raptors won in the playoffs last year because they had been through it. They could pull out those game sevens, and we'll be able to pull out this Monday morning and hopefully reasonableize a very bad stretch of Toronto Raptors play. Um, they are what are they six and eight over their last fourteen games? Not only that, they've dropped three in a row. One was a tight loss to the Philadelphia 76ers, which Okay, the Sixers are playing really well. DeMar DeRozan sat out, that, or Kyle Lowry. No, Kyle Lowry is back that game, sorry. Um, Kyle Lowry had sit, sat out the previous game against Brooklyn, which they won by 10. Um, Corey Joseph was awesome. But they lost to the Sixers, which, whatever, those games happen. The Sixers are playing well. They then got summarily dispatched by the Charlotte Hornets. They lost by 35 on the road on Friday. Then they came home Sunday, needing a win. They hadn't lost three in a row since November of 2015. They're playing a lowly Phoenix Suns team that is not good and has already caught them sleeping once at the start of this kind of uh, 14-game dip. And the Suns beat them. Kyle Lowry was thrown out of the game after playing fairly poorly. DeMar DeRozan was chased from the game with a a twisted ankle after not playing uh, particularly well himself. And the Raptors lost by 8 to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Their first three-game losing streak in over a calendar year and a half probably the worst three-game stretch they've played all season, wins or losses. Uh, And I think Sunday would probably rank when you consider how much they needed that win and how much they needed to right the ship. That might be their worst loss of the season. Um, The Hornets or Spurs blowouts maybe are are more maddening to you, but this one was probably the most frustrating of the year for me. Eric, uh, your thoughts on the week in general or Sunday's game in particular? Uh, I... You know, it's not the worst loss. It's the most disappointing. Uh, we've been there have been a few two-game losing streaks of late, and you get to talking about all that intangible stuff. Kyle and Demar have learned enough, and they won't let it happen. That the team is gritty and and has that extra gear that they can find to make sure this sort of thing doesn't happen. And that is nice, but it is not a cure for playing bad basketball. You know. Um, not to put this at DeMar DeRozan's feet, because I think he's he's been sort of fine lately, but there was a, there was a quote from Earl Watson, Suns coach, after the game, saying, nobody wants to play isolation basketball against P.J. Tucker, their wing defender. And there in the fourth quarter was DeRozan trying to play isolation basketball against P.J. Tucker, you know? And I think that's just emblematic of, uh, again, not on DeRozan, but emblematic of a lot of the worries about this team 
that when things aren't going well, they're going to revert to some bad habits, or if they're not reverting to those habits, they don't know how to find plan B or plan C, kind of. You know what's going to be really worrisome? When the Cavs use that remaining trade exception to pick up P.J. Tucker for a second-round pick at the deadline. Yeah, but that, that'll be the Celtics' problem, not the Raptors' problem. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Um, okay, so I, I want to talk about, we can talk about the shifts in offensive strategy uh, in a little bit. What I'm curious about for you is, for so long this Raptors team has kind of, they've had this attitude about them that they don't die in games. They, they're always in a game, they're always fighting back. Um, you can't get them on a losing streak. They always know how to bounce back, they have this resiliency, um, and they don't, they kind of don't take nights off. So even when they're not at their best, um, they're always kind of playing at, you know, their floor has been fairly high based on their effort and chemistry over the last couple of years. That seems to be, they're down to, back down to 21st in defensive efficiency. Um, again, they're 6-8 and eight over the last 14. They've now lost three in a row. Do you worry at all that any, is there a psychological impact on the Raptors here that they are now losing their, this kind of armor that they wore that you can't get them on a losing streak and you can't keep them down that long and that they are or sorry they're not blowout proof they've now been smashed by the spurs and by the by the hornets are you worried that maybe this psychological um platform that the raptors had themselves on where there a lot of their belief in themselves came based on some evidence that they were very resilient do you think that's gonna wear down now at all i think it's a possibility um i talked to damari carroll briefly after the game and we were talking about the defense because as much as we talk about the offense it, it is the defense that's still the main worry these three games notwithstanding and he said you know guys are coming back from injury guys are getting injured and it's a different chemistry and a different rotation and Dwayne casey is searching for something every game uh and i think that shouldn't be discounted. Uh, about the psychological aspect, you know, I'm sure a bit, but I'm a bit more worried that Kyle Lowry has just started playing worse. You know, like, I think they'd be a lot less blowout proof if Kyle Lowry was producing at the rates or near the rates that we got used to him producing. And that's been you know, a noticeable change in the last little while, particularly these last three games. Okay, well, let's uh, let's talk about Lowry then. Um, he was obviously on fire before taking the Brooklyn game off, and now that he's in a bit of a slump, we know that Kyle Lowry can never take another game off to rest again. Uh, he yeah, has uh, to lead the league in minutes or he won't be effective. Yeah, that is the causation I was trying to uh, to point out. It is undeniable. Uh, more So the last three games... He's averaged 37 minutes in these three losses, 21 points, but they've come on 35% shooting from the floor, uh, 26% on threes, and he's only chipped in three rebounds and 4.3 assists in those games. Um, the Raptors have also been, you know, not particularly great with him on the court, which is weird to see. Uh, asked about it after the game, Lowry said, uh, it's a little, I'll be fine. People are, oh, he's playing bad. Okay, playing bad. Three games, oh well. I'm sure I'll be fine. Trust me. A week ago, it was all, you know, and then he tailed off. But that basically... Ellipses. Yes. (laughs) He kind of just tailed off several times there. But Kyle Lowry is of the firm belief that Kyle Lowry is going to be just fine. 
Um, you know, Lowry has had little dips like this before. He didn't shoot particularly well to start the season this year, and people were a little concerned. I think it was like nine or eight or nine games before he really settled in and started shooting better. Um, he had that one big five triple game against, I think, the Thunder, where he kind of took off from there. Um, do you? What is your concern level with with Lowry's play? Obviously, if he goes, if he were to go into the tank at all, uh, the Raptors are going to follow him there quite quickly. Um, but is this this is probably just a three game blip? Do you think he's fatigued maybe from the the workload that he's been uh, working under so far this year? Is there a solution, or does he just play his way through it? Assuming there's no injury, my concern level is pretty low, I would say. But it has definitely been noticeable, and I guess my my big concern would dovetail with any possible injury DeMar DeRozan had. If you look back to, or has, I should say, if you look back two years ago, uh, which is sort of what Raptors fans are panicking about right now, and I even hinted at in my story from the Phoenix game on theathletic.com uh, slash Toronto. Um, Let's from, just thank God that Brandy Whitman's no longer in the Eastern Conference then. Yes, uh, from Sunday night, like, you could clearly see that year when DeRozan was out, Lowry had to take on an extra burden. And while causation still isn't perfectly clear in that instance, he got banged up. He was injured in ways that they weren't totally, uh, that we still don't know the complete severity of them, but you know, it definitely took a toll on him. And he was not the same player that he was in 2000, uh, 14 as he was in 2015. Uh, I should have said that in the reverse. But the point was he was great in, in November and December and started to tail off in January, and that ended in a Raptors sweep. And I think when you combine that and the way they've lost recently with uh, the defense being a season-long problem, as it more or less was that season, fans are starting to get flashbacks to that. And I don't think... While I don't think this is the same team, I think it's entirely understandable that there are fears that are coming along that are bringing up those memories. Uh, and my concern is, if DeRozan is out for any length of time, we have a Lowry, who the Raptors need to do more, who might be a bit worn down right now. And that, and when DeRozan was out with his uh, adductor injury that season, the Raptors went 12 and nine. Kyle Lowry was pretty great, and he ended up as an All-Star starter. Uh, this year, if he is already worn down, what does that mean for how the Raptors can survive? And I'm not sure. Uh, it's not I, great. I, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. I tend to bet on Kyle Lowry. Uh, I mean, not. I don't actually bet on him because I don't bet. Um, but I, I believe Coward. he'll be fine. But the signs, not only on offense, as you mentioned, but defense is his like individual defense has slipped. Like Bledsoe was like sort of pulling a Lowry last night when Lowry was on him. He was like putting him on his hip and getting into the paint and forcing the big man who was out, whichever big man was helping, into a precarious help position and Lowry you know ranks pretty highly in metrics like defensive RPM um, and that has not been shown for the last little while so yeah I've got some concerns yeah Eric Bledsoe was amazing on Sunday he was awesome I love Eric Bledsoe 
Um, okay, you mentioned DeRozan's injury. We should touch on it quickly. Uh, if anyone was unaware, uh, DeRozan landed on Jonas Valanciunas's foot. He rolled his right ankle. Um, he tried to play through it, eventually came out. It was wrapped and swollen after the game, and he was walking with a limp. Uh, DeRozan was asked if it'll be okay, and he said, I hope so. I've been a hopeful guy all my life. So we'll see. They have... Sorry? Me too. Yeah, yeah, you definitely. You and DeMar are on the same on the same plane for positivity. Um, so the Raptors have a Tuesday-Wednesday back-to-back. It sounds like Patrick Patterson will be back for uh, at least one of those games, if not both. It, it would seem odd to play him in both parts of a back-to-back his first time back. But um, So if DeRozan, you know, a sprained ankle is, not, uh, is never good, but maybe the fact that he stayed in, the fact that there was no talk of it being a high ankle sprain, maybe he only misses a couple games. How much, looking ahead, and regardless of DeRozan's injury, uh, they the Raptors host the Spurs on Tuesday and then visit the Grizzlies on Wednesday in a very tough back-to-back. Uh, does How much stock are you putting into how well this team rebounds in, the, in these two games? Um, and if DeRozan's you know, out with this minor injury, uh, are these games kind of throwaway games? Are you looking for the Raptors to bounce back and win here? What's your, what's your status level for this back-to-back? If it's not a, you know... If they lose both, then it's a five-game losing streak. Like, it's not ideal. But I think I'm looking for, you know, sort of the how and not the what more so. Like, this team floated through the game against Phoenix, I think. Like, it, it just... Not to say they weren't trying, because I... It's pretty hard not to try when you get onto a basketball court in the NBA. Wow. It was not, it Your was defense not, would beg to differ, Eric. <laughs> um, but sort of the focus level and the execution level, because uh, even full, fully stocked, losing at home to San Antonio and in Memphis, like there's nothing to be ashamed of. So I'm not going to lose my mind if they lose both of those games. But if they're you know sort of run off the floor by San Antonio, unable to get into more of the Raptors mindset that we've become used to over the last two years. And then the Grizzlies hold them to 64 points. Uh, then I'm a bit concerned, you know, cause this, this is adversity. Like this is the, you know, it's cliche, but 82 games is bound to bring that. And it's not a bad so, thing either to be clear, yeah. to have to go through tough times. The Raptors, Part of the reason I think that they were successful, and this is why I brought up the psychology question earlier, is they have faced a lot of adversity over the last couple of years. And, you know, being able to pull out two game sevens in the playoffs last year, that stuff that stuff matters to the psychology of a team, I think. Um, so, yeah, I don't obviously it's not great that they're losing, but you mentioned the adversity that they're fighting through. I don't think it's the worst thing long term. No, the, the the worst thing is if it's a sign of their true selves, which I, I think there's enough evidence to indicate that it's, you know, probably not. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I just want to see how they respond. It's Again, that doesn't say that much, but, like, this is a team, you know, the Kyle Lowry plus three-point shooter lineups, like, those are lineups that should do well. We've seen in the past that they can perform well in many different iterations without DeMar DeRozan. That doesn't mean his loss isn't a huge hit because he soaks up so many possessions. And now, you know, you force Terrence Ross into a bigger role. You force 
you know, Damari Carroll to maybe try a little too much, which usually doesn't work out well. Norm Powell's already in a rut without trying, uh, without that extra burden of knowing he needs to create more offense than he usually does. So that just motivates his grinder. Sure. (laughs) But that, like that, that is the stuff where this is the moment where players are tested on that level as much as you can be tested in, you know, the heart of the middle of the season in which you're pretty comfortable no matter how the small-term blip might be where you are in the larger picture of the conference. And uh, like you say, I think it can be good for them, uh, which, again, doesn't mean fans who are concerned out there shouldn't be concerned because we have seen this vague framework lead into a downward spiral before. Uh, so I think if they come back, they compete hard, they keep the games close, Kyle Lowry bounces back, you get some, you know, slightly above their head performances from uh, some of the wings and Patrick Patterson looks healthy, which, you know, is, as I think every thinking Raptors fan knows is a very big thing for this team, then, (laughs) then you're okay. And you have some faith that they're going to find their way out of it. If not, then we can, you know, maybe hit the edge toward the panic button. Yeah, I think the panic button would really get hit on Friday, too, if things continue to go not great. Because Milwaukee is, I think, on paper, a playoff matchup some people are scared of because they're, you know, they're better than their 20-23 and record. Chris Middleton might come back after the All-Star break, and they can throw an insane amount of length at traps at the Raptors. Uh, But let's talk higher up in the conference. For now, you mentioned uh, the Raptors standing in the conference. They are only a game and a half up on Boston. They are only two games up on Atlanta. And they're now three games back of Cleveland. I think with three games back, even with half a season to go, and you don't own the tiebreaker there, I think the number one seed is out. Like, I don't I don't think that's a very realistic goal any longer. Um, how, how important is it? for this team to fend off Boston and Atlanta and anyone else who might make a surge. I know they, they're not in a, they're not playing well enough right now to look ahead to the second round. Um, but they're, they're going to a little bit because they want to get to the conference finals. Um, is, is there more urgency to turn this around quickly because of Boston and Atlanta at their heels? Um, well, there's still like, you know, 38 games to go or whatever it is. So That's nothing. <laughs> I, urgency feels a bit strong, but they won two games on home court and two game sevens on home court, you know, like they can talk about how they learned how important it is to get a series done over or get a series over with more quickly last year. But it's not like they tried to play bad in the games they lost, like they lost them for a reason. So I think that is pretty important. And I you know, you can't think about that sort of thing when you're trying to get out of this sort of streak. And at least I, I think that would be energy misspent. Uh, but I think if we start to see that this is carrying into February and carrying into closer to the All-Star break and all of a sudden they're in fourth in the conference, then, you know, you know you have a lot of work to do. And I would classify it as important work, Yeah. Okay, we've got about five minutes left. Let's hit a couple things quickly. Uh, fourth quarter, 
Brandon Knight drives into the lane. Kyle Lowry has appeared frustrated for the last couple minutes. Knight goes for a floater, uh, or what looks like it's going to be a floater, then takes an additional dribble. Kyle Lowry swipes across, catches him in the head, flagrant two and toss. After the game, Lowry said he had already texted to apologize to Brandon Knight. Um, and as bad as the highlight looked, you know, it's hard to show intent. PJ Tucker stood up for Lowry after the game, saying he's not that kind of guy. Um, does it can. Is there any concern for you? I, I feel like I've used the word concern 400 times on this podcast, so sorry for the repetition, but we're trying to we're trying to ledge talk here. We're trying to make sure everyone's not too, too concerned. Um, Lowry, whether or not you thought it was a frustration foul, um, do you think the fact that Lowry and DeRozan have shown visible frustration over the last couple of weeks is a, is a bad thing? Yeah, not really. Like, if... Dwayne Casey said a version of this a few times. If you're not frustrated when you're playing poorly, then why, like, why aren't you? Um, uh, the the the. I think it's a lot more important in how they carry themselves when we don't see them than when we do see them, uh, especially in the moments where games are lost, like that Lowry foul. You know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you talked about the team, or we talked about, rather, the team getting back to full health. Jared Sullinger has a couple of games under his belt and has looked about how you'd expect for a guy who hasn't been able to walk the bulk of the season. Uh, DeLon mm-hmm. Wright also cleared down. He's down with the 9.05 today. I imagine he'll be up for Tuesday's game and down for Wednesday's 11 a.m. 9.05 game. Um, thoughts on Sullinger early on, and is there when if there's a place for DeLon Wright, when is it? Uh, Sollinger's been fine. Um, I, I thought he, his offensive intelligence is, is very clear to me. He knows how to find the soft spots when, you know, they are overloading on DeMar or Kyle. Uh, if he were not coming up short on the bulk of his shots, that would make me happier. Can we have him flare to the corners instead of above the break, like after he sets screens and then the ball goes to the other side of the floor? Um, We can ask Dwayne Casey about that. Because that Uh, seems preferable to these above the break threes, but early early on, I know. I don't have have that sort of power. Um, Pull Nick Nurse aside today at practice and just look, Nick. I'm uh, I'm curious when we will see more of the Valanciunas-Sollinger lineup that they said was going to be their starting lineup. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's been fine, but it's tough to tell in, like, the sort of muck that they're playing in right now, you know? Like, yeah, and with the minutes restrictions. So uh, having another useful rotation player will end up being a good thing for this team. And the early signs don't have me thinking that it's going to mess up their chemistry or anything like that. Uh, Are you joining me for the Wednesday a.m., 11 a.m. tip-off at Hershey Center to see some DeLon Wright? Yeah, I'll see you there, Blake. I don't Uh, believe you. (laughs) But when he gets his chance, well, if the Raptors are in a good enough position, then he will get his chance. If Kyle Lowry needs some rest, he will get his chance down the stretch. Um, if they somehow make a trade that involves needing Corey Joseph's outgoing contract, he will get a chance. And I'm still really high on Delon Wright. I think he's going to be a good NBA player. Like uh, whether that's uh, as a backup or 
a starter for a bad team. I think he's a really smart, really savvy, really shifty point guard. And um, whenever he does get minutes and whoever it's uh, for uh, at the NBA level, I'm excited to see what he does with them. Well, if that dream I had the other week is any indication, he's getting traded to Chicago for a 2019 pick. Weird yeah, dream. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, it's awfully specific. Yeah, it was it was very strange. I had this thing. I told you about it a little bit before we came out. I A lot of the time, I, I'm not a very good sleeper in general, but I wake up and I think there's a work thing. Like, I woke up at like 6.30 this morning thinking that something was wrong with this podcast that we had yet to record. Um, and then like couldn't get back to sleep and it happened with this DeLon Wright. I woke up thinking he had been traded like at like five in the morning and couldn't get back to sleep. It was weird. Um, but if he gets, if he does get dealt to Chicago, we're going to start paying a lot more attention to these dreams that I have that wake me up. I think that's a sign that everybody listening to this podcast should tweet at Blake that he might need to take, you know, a one or two day breather at some point. Come on, I just spent four days at the D-League Showcase and then did a Raptors game. I'm fine. And as we've learned from Kyle Lowry, taking uh, taking rest does not solve your problem. Yeah, what if I take a day off and then I come back and all my content is even worse? Yeah, I I, your ease will be before your eyes. You'll not know how to use a semicolon. I'll keep be- using American spelling and driving Caitlin nuts. If I have to edit defense and offense for you for The Athletic one more time, I'm going to... I'm gonna patiently do so, Blake. <laughs> uh, all right, Eric, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Any parting shots for the listeners ahead of this uh, this tough week for the Raptors? I do have a parting shot, and it has nothing to do with the Raptors, as right. seems to be the theme. Uh, we won't talk again on this podcast before Wednesday, uh, and we are in no way associated with Bell, but that is Bell Let's Talk Day, uh, an important day for mental health advocacy. Uh, you know, family, friends, a lot of people in my life have dealt with it. I have dealt with it uh, and, you know, continue to do so on varying levels. And what I've learned through all of that is that I'm not going to sit here and say every conversation I have with anybody has made me feel better in the past, but for the 2% of the time I feel worse 98% of the time I feel more empathy or sympathy or just a little more understanding or a little bit more at peace. So if you're dealing with something, talk to somebody. It will lead you almost surely to a better place. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a professional. My DMs are always open if uh if you need someone to talk to i deal with a lot of that stuff too um and i do i feel like there's this almost prisoner's dilemma where nobody wants to talk about it and admit that they need help but if we all did it then there would be absolutely no stigma about it and we'd all have a lot more help so um i agree with eric and bell let's talk is a is a great project and actually if you were planning on um if for whatever reason you don't work or go to school on wednesday um, the 905 game is at 11 a.m. and there it's a Bell Let's Talk day. I'm pretty sure, and Landsberg will be there. And uh, yeah, if you're there, come say hi. And uh, yeah, DMs are always open if you if you need someone to talk to. Eric, anything else? Anything Raptors related before we shut this down? Don't panic yet. Don't panic. Yet it's, it'll probably be fine. And if it's not, then we can all panic together in a week's time. Yeah, we'll come back next Monday or Tuesday, and we'll. We'll do some panic. Who are they? Together. We'll yeah. talk. Yeah. The schedule turns, I don't know, not not terribly easy, but it gets a little lighter. 
Yeah. Cool. And then they'll win games, and then we'll be like, oh, they only want them against bad teams. This doesn't tell us anything. Yeah. Right back in the same spot. Uh, but we'll figure all that out next week. Uh, in the meantime, thanks so much for listening, and have a terrific week. Eric, thanks so much. Thanks, Blake. If only to be a reasonable man.